Good morning, Mrs. Queen. We found the bishop and knight hiding under the checkered mattress in the entropy lounge. They were playing hide-and-seek with some of the checkers. At any rate, your ride to the airport is ready. Per your request, we've already packed the board and the taxi for you and Mr. King. We hope you and all your pieces have a pleasant trip. The Weekly Report To Mademoiselle Rouge, Viscountess and owner of Hotel Daydream and Reverie Estates. Maintenance Update I have sent for the two replacement designers for Labyrinth Park to help with the repairs. I have gone ahead and closed the park to guests both because of its current run-down condition, one can walk right through it and remain completely calm, a disaster and because it is now the quarters of three of our more intriguing guests. More on that later. For now, the two designers, Amenemhat III and Franz Kafka, have arrived. Amenemhat entered with his staff of attendants and advisors, all of whom have been given rooms at the hotel while Amenemhat is working on the park. The pharaoh himself is roughly five and a half feet tall, but broad-chested. He has keen eyes, colored the silt of the Nile. Wrapped about his waist was a pleated white skirt, held fast with a leather belt from which hung the tail of a lion. Draped over his shoulders was a leopard skin, and upon his head he wore the traditional nemes. I was in the midst of greeting him when Kafka arrived. A pale man, tall at six feet, he stood inches over Amenemhat and myself in his well-worn suit and slacks. He has an intelligent, albeit gaunt, face. There's something harrowed behind his eyes, a shadow hidden in the umbra of his person. Perhaps that is his genius, but it also seems terribly heavy. They are getting settled. My meeting with them is in an hour. I will update you once it is over. Circling back to our three, um, newest guests, Hislop, Elizabeth, and Peregrine have decided to stay in the labyrinth. This is for several reasons. Chief among them is, once it is back in operable condition, it will be the perfect place for creatures of their size and demeanor. After their arrival, we had a long conversation about their relative safety while staying here. Given every factor in play, they should be fine for the present. Ujbarine still doesn't know they are here, and Gogaji and Riki have only doubled down on their search in the woods. There is also the Mad Knight, Percival, Elizabeth mentioned, but there has been no reports of anyone matching that description near the hotel, so we can allay our fears of him for now. Mugabe and Edwete in the legal department are putting together a brief in Hislop and Elizabeth's defense to send to Ujbarine. What exactly the path forward is for them and Peregrine, we don't know, but it seems the best advised course of action is to simply let things settle for a bit. Both for normal reasons and this, getting Labyrinth Park back up and working is top priority. Guest Complaints The Snow Globe family reunion is having some internal drama. While not my business to gossip, I was surprised when, after a knock on my door, 
Who should come in but the patriarch of the Schnikugel family, Erwin. He beat around the glass for a minute, but eventually asked me if he could book a separate room from the rest of the family. I naturally said that would not be a problem, and asked if everything was alright. He explained he had gotten a fractured dome several years ago. Not an uncommon injury for a globe his age, but the particular surgeon recommended replacing his water with oobleck, as it does not swish around as much. However, as a non-Newtonian fluid, it does mean when shaken, he no longer makes snow fall. The oobleck just freezes up, rock solid. It is not at all uncomfortable, and he did not think he would care, but being here with all of his family, he has started to feel self-conscious about the change. I put him in room 923F, next to the rest of his family. I hope no one has given him grief for that surgery. Age comes with many changes, and no one should be made ashamed of them. Maintenance Update I just got out of the meeting with Amenem Hat and Kafka. It didn't go well. I know why you picked them, they are both incredibly intelligent in their own right, but when together, their individual senses of aesthetics clash with enough force to blast the buttons off a waistcoat and the hem off of a dress. I have never seen such a conflict of styles. Amenem Hat is all classical, courtyards and interconnecting multicursal chambers, Kafka is a modernist, through and through, however. Relationship to authority as maze and such. The twists of bureaucracy are the walls of his labyrinths. The two got into a heated argument, and I had to cut the meeting short to cool our collective heads. Have you had any luck getting in touch with Daedalus? If it comes to the point where those two cannot work together, I'd much prefer to have the original architect do the repairs. But, of course, that's obvious. I'm sorry, I do not mean to quarrel. If you knew where Daedalus was, he would be here. Still, I wonder if any mutual friends from both your old days at sea would know where he is. I will look into that angle. In the meantime, I will see if I cannot get our Pharaoh and our Bohemian to work together. Groundskeeping Report Due to the immense, high-stress nature of the expedition team's efforts over the last several weeks, all groundskeepers, cleaning witches, and bellboys who were a part of the team have been given compensated time off for a month. They have worked terribly hard, going above and beyond their obligations to the hotel, to find the trace and help bring Elizabeth's family to the hotel safely. They need a break, and some solid rest. In other news, we need to replace one of the groundskeeper's key rings. This will need to include all padlock keys, deadbolt keys, skeleton keys, piano keys, map keys, and key signatures. Lastly for groundskeeping, the hotel has begun its move towards the sea. It is a bit early for this as we are not even past the middle of summer yet, but the hotel does not seem in any rush. The direction will take us through the Emerald Marshes, and likely through the Golden Glades beyond that. I remember so many fine summer picnics out in those flaxen meadows. Do you remember those? The hotel was only a meager inn back then. I still wasn't used to the pace of life out here. I had just come from working at the Hilbert Hotel, and was out here on vacation. 
As an event coordinator at the Hilbert, for an infinite number of guests, I remember getting up on my first morning out here in the country and not knowing what to do with myself. The hotel was moving back from the coast through the Golden Glades that time of year. I wandered out into the blonde stalks, I think with a vague plan to walk down to Dizzying Fair. And then, we met. Yes, yes, we had run into each other several times before, but I believe our first true conversation was out in those fields. Your scales were only a rusted bronze back then. The early morning sun glittered off them, sending flints of honey-colored reflections out into the grass. We both sat with our backs to the sun, watching the hotel gradually glide like a great purple glacier further into the countryside. That vacation passed in a blur from there. Oh, we had so much fun. Two strangers made friends against the pastoral backdrop. We never went back to that spot, though. If and when you find yourself with a free morning, we should revisit it. It would be nice. Hiring Update I have given Latrice indefinite leave given her recent ordeal. She has promised to keep her rescue under wraps for now. The Boxwoods were very happy to have their daughter home, and with this incident resolved, I have, well, uh, resolved to close our public relations offices as we have no further need or want of them. However, now having worked with Im Chaeyong for the last several weeks, I have begun reconsidering her for the assistant manager position. I know what I said before, but now having seen her under intense scrutiny and pressure, I have been forced to reevaluate my opinions. She is smart, efficient, good with people most of the time, and has the kind of open courtesy we expect of everyone here. My biggest critique still stands, but I can help her better understand the nature of comfort as she learns her responsibilities here. I have the sense that will be the hardest thing for her to learn, but I am willing to give her that learning opportunity if she wants it, and you are willing to take her on. For your consideration, Im Chaeyong as the new assistant manager. In other news, I approached Ferdinanda and Jacqueline this morning. I started off with an apology. I had treated them unfairly in light of their part in Latrice's disappearance, or the part I thought they had played. They were very understanding, and then, to my surprise, said they would soon be leaving the hotel. Or at least, one of them would be. I then asked them why they had originally come to the hotel. All this time, and I had never thought to ask that. They had previously lived in the Crimson Forest, which is not too far away. What had initially brought them here? Ferdinanda looked away before Jacqueline spoke up. She explained they had been waiting for somebody. Her expression was fragile, and I did not push the question. Jacqueline continued. Since they had been split into two people, their feelings around this person were now divided between them. Here, Ferdinanda spoke up, exclaiming that she, whoever this person was, might still be coming. 
Jacqueline shot her a fierce look, which quickly shut down the conversation. I had the sense I was intruding on something extraordinarily personal, and tried to excuse myself. Ferdinanda, however, asked me to stay. A pause as a strange look passed between the two biramal dryads. After a moment, I understood. I told Ferdinanda she was welcome here for as long as she liked. Jacqueline as well, but she gave me a distant smile. She would not be staying. I said, though I did not fully understand, if either of them needed anything, to please come see me. Then, for the first time, I saw them split. Ferdinanda left the room. I'll ask the purple lounge chair to keep an eye on her. Jacqueline equally made to leave when I stopped her. Before she departed, I asked her to come see me. I had a parting gift I wanted her to have. She gave me that same distant smile again, and said she would think about it. It is none of my business, but I wish I knew who they were waiting for. Who hurt them, if indeed it was harm that was done? Duh, it is none of my business. Sticking noses in places they don't belong only gets you stung. I will leave it alone. Maintenance Update We reconvened our Labyrinth Designer meeting this evening when everyone had cooled off somewhat from the spat earlier in the day. That, however, did not make much of a difference. Things quickly devolved after going over the original diagrams for the park with Kafka and Amenemhat. We were discussing the best ways to reinforce some of the marble arches in the western portion of the park, when Kafka suggested the addition of bureaucratic toll booths to increase that area's complexity. I politely reminded him that their job was merely to restore the park, not add to it. Amenemhat, however, added the contemptuous comment that such an addition would be banal anyway. Well, that set off a whole other argument. I tried to settle them, but the heat was really on between them this time. Ad hominem attacks flying every which way. Amenemhat was a royal prick from on high who exploited the plebeians and never got his hands dirty in his life. Kafka was a pathetic insurance salesman from a nothing Czech family and whose writings amounted to nothing. You get the idea. It took a dozen bellboys and a few cleaning witches to pull them apart because things got so out of hand. It is late, and I am tired, and I really, really do not want to deal with a set of egos tonight. I took a walk on the star steps to clear my own head. I was ascending the helix staircase around the outside of the hotel when I stumbled on Im Chae-yong. She was in her fox form and sitting on her haunches watching the night sky. She said she was waiting for her partner, Akane, to pick her up. I asked why she didn't take the train. The station was only a few miles down the road. She explained she and Akane rent a cottage outside of Dizzying Fair. The train routes don't get close enough to make it worth it. We talked for a while. She told me how she and Akane met, both getting their MBAs, launching a company together, only for it to go under a couple months back. They had come out here for work when Akane had seen the opening at the hotel and pushed Che Yong to apply. 
Cheyong loves it out here. It reminded her of her family vacations to Jeju Island when she was a kid. The only thing missing were the mandarin trees. Listening to her and watching the clear summer night sky, I forgot all about Amenem Hat and Kafka. Soon, though, a howl from below at the portico signaled that Che Yong's ride was here. She transformed into a woman and helped me to my feet. As we both walked back inside, I told her about the two designers and asked if she had any advice. She cocked her head for a second, shrugged, then said they both sounded insecure. It was a measuring contest from the sounds of it, and they both just needed to put their rulers down for a second. Vulnerability is a good place to start, she said. I smiled and thanked her as she left for the night. I was on my way to Kafka's room when I saw a menom hat already at the door. None of his attendants, no advisors, just him. He knocked, and a moment later, a bloodshot-eyed Kafka answered the door. He instantly moved to close it, but a menom hat stopped him, asking him to wait. Kafka slowly opened the door again, and, after a moment, let Amenemhat inside. You are backing? Amenemhat asked. Kafka did not answer. I slid closer to the door they had left ajar. You mean to leave? Amenemhat asked again. Why should you be surprised? Kafka replied, voice full of suppressed anger. I am a hack, a fraud. I thought this work would be satisfying, but I guess I'm not good at it. A moment of silence. Then, You cannot go, Amenemhat said. And why not? Kafka said. I don't know how to do this. It's like you said. It's stupid and absurd. I know what I said, Amenemhat replied. But you cannot go. I don't have to listen to this, Kafka said, followed quickly by the sound of a suitcase snapping shut. I backed away from the door as it seemed he was about to exit. Then, Amenemhat spoke up. You cannot leave. Because, because I cannot do this alone. A pause. Kafka did not move. What are you talking about? You have a whole wealth of officials and people to help you plan. They are wise. It is true, Amenemhat said. But they only know what I know. You. You come from another place. You know so much. The way you speak. Such care. Such passion for the things you create. True. They are not made of stone. Nor tombs for your fathers and sisters. But surely such efforts will last. A pause. You do not believe this? I spend all of my time writing. I can't do anything else more than I can stop breathing. But it's always garbage. Trash. I feel like a dumpster full of refuse. That is not true. You haven't met my father. I don't need to. I hired German translators. I have heard your stories. They are powerful. Full of something I do not know how to describe and yet I know is important. And that I understand. Get out. I'm sorry? I said, get out. If you've come here to mock me, I get enough of that at home. What are you talking about? You insult me in those meetings. Then come here to tell me you believe in me. I am not going to make the mistake of trusting you. Leave. 
I am being honest. Then explain why you would say such horrible things to my face before. Because, because I was disappointed. And here we go again. I was disappointed in myself. I was disappointed in myself because I had heard your work and it was amazing. And for all of my projects, my pyramids, my labyrinths at home, none of it I made myself with my own hands. And here you were, erecting monuments of what is to rival my own of granite. I grew jealous. I wanted to put you in your place, beat you down to feel better. But I do not feel better. A moment. A creak as Kafka set his suitcase down. I've seen pictures of your building projects. Vanities. I found them actually very impressive. Did you? Yes. Was there a story of mine you liked in particular? Yes. It's a castle. Really? It made me think about my people and how distant they are from me. Zulate looked at me like how okay, and the village look at the castle in your story. I often think about that. At this point, I tiptoed away as they descended into discussions of democracy and socialism. I have a feeling there may be a few political reforms coming to Egypt's Middle Kingdom in the near future. No progress on the labyrinth this week, but I think there will be plenty of time for that. Report submitted by yours respectfully, Lionel Outuary, head concierge and manager for Hotel Daydream. Hotel Daydream was voiced and written by Stephen Kausler. Our theme music is by John Divin. Additional music in this episode was by Nezrality, Cybercutie, Music Unlimited, Black Pie Beats, Sergei Quadrado, and Jeff Harvey. With special music from Ravel's Mamère Loire, performed by Felipe Saro. You can find the links to these artists in the show notes. Transcripts for each episode can be found on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hotel daydream, or follow the link in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the show, consider reserving a room with us on our Patreon. Guests at the hotel get access to all sorts of things, including shoutouts at the end of each episode. Today, the hotel would like to recognize Danny the Spoon Lord, Gus Sanchez, Maggie B., Asher Klein, and Danny Denise. Thank you for supporting the hotel. I hope you have enjoyed your stay, and thank you for listening.